What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Welcome to the Rotoviz Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host this week, Jake Beeman, and I am joined by T Hoff. How are you doing, T Hoff? I'm doing well. I'm a little anxious watching Ian Desmond uh, pitch in the eighth inning against the Dodgers here, but I guess they're they're paying him a lot of money. He's got to do something. <laughs> I'm typically anxious watching Ian Desmond do anything these days, but we don't <laughs> yeah. have to get into that. You also, I love, it actually really helps get the show going when you intro as a question. He did that again, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the Rotoviz podcast. <laughs> it's my it's my NPR voice. Yeah, know? no, it's, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, apologies to our listeners uh, for getting this out a day later than than uh, anticipated uh, we had some some connectivity issues uh, last night that uh, were difficult to work around so uh, I know that we said we were going to have this out for you Monday morning um, but instead we will be in your ears for your commute on Tuesday morning but uh, we we're not able to both get to a place where connection was ideal. So uh, we are doing this a day late. Our apologies for that. And we are also without our fearless leader this week. Uh, I think Stefan is suffering from the fantasy football fever, flu, something like (laughs) that. Um, So he's taking the week off. He's been doing a lot of, a lot of football work. So um, we are, we are, going to steer the ship without him this week but uh it'll be good so shall we just dive right in yes sir let's do it all right so we'll start with some news and notes uh max muncie we'll start with stefan's uh man crush here max muncie hits the il with a small fracture in his wrist um sounds like he's gonna miss a decent amount of time, you know, definitely a 10 day stint at least, uh, haven't gotten full word on exactly the severity of, of the injury, but it is going to cause him to miss a little bit time of time. But the, uh, the, the upside of this is that Gavin Lux is getting the the call up and it sounds like he's going to get some playing time as a result. So, uh, Lux was in the, in the lineup tonight and is currently two for five. Uh, so he's, he's got gotten off to, to quite the start. Um, 
T-Hop, yeah. what do you think about all of that? And three runs scored. I mean, he's in one of the best lineups, uh, maybe the best team. And yeah, if you if you grabbed him and stashed him, I was surprised. I think his ownership's at like, I mean, it's probably up now, but as of yesterday, it was. I think it was below 50. Um, but he wasn't available in my leagues. And I actually read today that next month he might even be back next week, um, which I was shocked by and I'm pretty skeptical of if he has a cracked you know, a hairline fracture, even though that is, you know, I don't know <laughs> what the other, op- you know, there's like full, full break and then fracture and then hairline. So I guess it's the best of those, but uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that he, or read that he might come back next week. So keep an eye on that, but definitely, you know, move around your IL as you need to. And, and, you know, Lux is at second base, qualifies at second base. So who doesn't need help there? Yeah, and we'll I'm sure we'll talk more later in the episode about uh about Lux and what to expect there, but uh let's keep moving on with with the news and notes. Uh Edwin is expected to come off the IL uh tomorrow, so uh that's good news for fantasy owners. Um we also found out today that Kyle Tucker finally got the call. Um that's from that's coming from a frustrated Astros fan as well as a frustrated fantasy owner. But Kyle Tucker got called up <clears throat> to the Astros today. Uh, he pinch hit in a situation today, went over one. Uh, so no real, nothing really to, to report there. But um, I'm curious to see what, what his playing time is going to look like uh, throughout the month of September. Uh, and so he's on the 40 man roster. He is, yes. Interesting. Um, so I, I believe, uh, he meets all qualifications. I'm, I'm pretty sure Tucker was on the 40 man roster to begin with because he already had service time. Um, uh, right. Yeah. But I'm well, not... this is terrible news for Reddick owners. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if you still own Reddick, uh, you're sure you're probably not, not starting you're probably not listening him. to this podcast. Right. Actually, right. <laughs> at this point in the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's probably not many people that are still listening to the podcast at this point in the season, but, uh, Hey, right. we can be hopeful. Um, anyhow, uh, speaking of the Astros, Justin Verlander threw his third no hitter, uh, and quite the dominant performance. He was, uh, uh, he walked Kevin Biggio in the first inning. Um, and that was his only base runner allowed in the entire game. So it was very close to a perfect game, 14 strikeouts, uh, quite the dominant, dominant start. So, um, whoever owns Verlander surely started them and they are being rewarded or they were rewarded for that. Although, that happened before the playoffs, fantasy playoffs started. So uh, that was quite unfortunate. But maybe it got really some impressive. Into the playoffs. Yeah, and really yeah. impressive to do that when I think he's thirty six. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, he's thrown three no hitters, two of which were in Toronto. So Justin Ugh. Verlander has thrown more no hitters in Canada than he has in the states. So that's that's that <laughs> maybe there's. A- um something fishy going on there yeah right, yeah yeah no i i had a, a, one of my leagues the owner of verlander actually had him as a potential keeper earlier this season excuse me and with him being 36 i had a couple other good pitchers i traded him away for like a sixth round pick or something just because i wanted to get something for him um and i wasn't you know i was trying and I, in hindsight that was probably the dumbest thing i've <laughs> i've ever done in, in fantasy baseball but um i mean he's got one in that league i'm looking at it now he's got 740 points and i think the next highest player is like 600 so by far in the way the most points scored in in the leagues that i'm in uh, in terms of how the the scoring is set up so if you have him you got to be 
you know, counting all his stars. Is he a top five pitcher for you next year? Yeah. I, I even at, even at a 37, like, when's he going to fall? I mean, is he just going to keep going? I mean, he, he's, he's a bulldog. I mean, he reminds me of like Nolan Ryan and, and his approach and his just stubbornness. Um, and I think, you know, I think he's, I'm sure at some point he'll have some regression, but, um, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot that, that I've seen this year to dissuade me from, from ranking him in the top five or, you know, maybe even top three next year. Um, I, Would you take Garrett Cole over him? Uh, depends on where Garrett Cole lands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think until last, uh, everyone's until, thinking he's going to land in, uh, Anaheim, uh, from what I've understood, but right. yeah. Well, um, I mean, he strikes out everybody, no matter where he is, it seems like, but yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Let's see how, see how it finishes out the season, you know? Yep. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Tyler Naquin out for the year with a torn ACL. I don't imagine he was owned on many rosters, but uh, I suppose if you're in a deep enough league, that could that could affect you moving forward. And then Dustin May was hit in the head with a line drive off of Jake Lamb's bat. Um, it was a scary moment, but uh, he has passed his concussion test, so timetable is still unclear. Uh, and with the Dodgers sitting pretty in in the playoff hunt, uh, I don't imagine they'll rush him back until he's ready, but, uh, that was a, a bit of a, a scary moment. Um, injury updates. We've got a number of guys that are coming off the, the injured list and, uh, or expected to come off the injured list soon. One of the two, uh, I'm just going to run down them and run down the list here and, and, uh, add anything that, that you feel is re- relevant. Um, we've got Carlos Carrasco who, who came back uh, in just kind of an awesome moment, uh, given what he's coming back from. Uh, but he he's he pitched in relief, and that seems like uh, how the Indians are going to use him moving forward. Um, Johnny Cueto is back. Uh, Brandon Woodruff is getting close. Uh, Severino is reha- uh, rehabbing. And uh, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, is that triple a it's kind of unclear how that's going to play out um and then david Pr- david price is coming back from a wrist injury so talk to us a little bit about what is relevant from a fantasy perspective out of out of that list there t huff yeah i mean if you haven't done so already it's probably going to be really hard to grab anaya he's most likely gotten to, uh, picked up already um i grabbed him when he was still on the il first start was really encouraging five innings only one hit three walks five k's against the yankees um so you know obviously he'll need some time to uh, you know get 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 stretched out um still not hitting super high velocity but really interested in him i think he could make a big difference Crasco, i don't know what to do with he was a keeper for me in one one league because he was you know always just getting innings and, and k's and um, at this point, I don't think I'm keeping him next year. And also, in the leagues that I own him, I can't really use him in that relief role because I need to get saves out of those uh, slots. So what do you think? Am I am I dropping Carrasco? I think I kind of need to at this point to make room for other players that I'm adding and dropping You know, lots more streaming in the next few weeks. Um, I don't see him being a, a keeper going into next year. You know, this in, in, For context, this is a 10-team league with four keepers. Um, so is he a top 40 player? Um, is he a top, you know, I don't, I don't think he is at this point, but 
What do you I think, think? I think there's a lot, a lot of things that are uncertain uh, around this whole situation, and I would be inclined to, you know, in in a in a shallow enough league where you're only you only have the four keepers, I would be inclined to say that uh, he's he's probably not keeper worthy. Um, you know, I'd say if right. you get into the to the six or six or seven keepers, you might you you might could could roll the dice on it but um i don't feel like there's a whole think whole someone of, will, will will see it differently though i can get a pick out of them in the off season uh maybe uh i mean i don't if know i feel like i'm <laughs> i might feel bad about that trade like pulling the wool over someone's eyes a little bit but yeah but i mean if if he's not if if he's not hurting you by sitting on your bench, I mean, because you're not likely to to use him. I suppose you could in a daily league, you you could use him in a a relief spot if if your closers had the day off or something, and you could cycle him in that way. Um, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he might get multi inning, you know, outings. Yeah. Out of him. Yeah. But um, he might but, be yeah. kind of an Andrew Miller type of guy here. Um, rest of the season, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but the the main headline here with with Crosco. I'm a huge fan. It's just awesome to see him back out there and, um, you know, really, you know, he's been through a lot. So really cool. I'm sure that was a, a big moment for him and he was uh, understandably very emotional. So really cool to see him out there. Yep. And yeah, we'll just kind of have to see. I'm going to hang on to him this week and, and see, you know, you never know. They might, there might be a situation where they're like, man, he's just pitching great. Let's see if we can figure out how to get him in at the end of the season to the rotation. Although, you know, you know, they don't really need him there in that rotation, I don't think. But we'll see. Uh, with Cueto, um, he's someone that I would really need to see get get into the major, you know, get back into the rotation and have at least a couple good starts before I'm trusting him. I really like him a lot, just personally watching him play over the last few years. But he's a risk. Uh, Woodruff, the, from what I'm reading, you know, he's a guy that I'm hanging on to because I think once he's back, he'll be a difference maker. But it's probably not going to be until the end of September. So maybe in that last week of your championship matchup. And even then, if that's his first start off the IL, I'm not doing it unless it's like a great matchup and there aren't other good options. So, you know, that one's one to not get too excited about. At least I'm not at this point. And then with Severino, um, not sure what to do with him either. I think, you know, he has another rehab start Friday, but. You know, he's going to be in a relief role again, not going to get stretched out for a starting uh, spot in the rotation. So he was a guy that I kept in the league. Do I drop him, keep him? At this point, I'm just kind of keeping him on the IL, but um, we'll see how that goes. And then, yeah, lastly here, uh, Luzardo. I think he's not on the 40-man roster as of today. So the only way he can make a difference is if there's like an injury, Um, not like an injury, I think (laughs) an injury where he can fill that spot. Um, so that one you have to be cautious about as, as well. Although I think he, if he, you know, keep an eye on him for sure, because if he does get a, an opportunity, he's going to get you some points. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the, the loophole that, you know, if someone goes on that IL, whoever replaces them on the, on the active roster can be eligible for the, uh, for the postseason. But, uh, you know, that doesn't really, matter a whole lot to uh to us because we're not going to uh we're not going to be playing fantasy baseball in the actual baseball playoffs so um, right there's that but i mean i guess it does in some ways uh you know it 
it could impact how a player is is used but um you know i think with lazardo you just got to keep an eye on him and and see what happens so but it's it is encouraging to for once have more guys coming off the il than going on uh it feels like every time yep. we do this and segment, I'm... it's all all guys going on the IL. That's true. Yeah, the, I guess the pendulum always swings back the other way. Um, and I'm excited to get E5 back in the lineup. Um, hopefully, he produces right away. You know, we'll get into some other options at first base if not. But you know, once he's back, you got to put him in. Indeed. Well, let's move along. It's a uh, it's 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 a sad day because we have officially ended our streamer segment for the for the season um so just to recap last week i had zach plesak for the second week in a row and it went all right uh against detroit scored me 17 points i also went with chris bassett which i thought was a slam dunk of a play and uh he kind of got hit around a little bit by the royals and only got me one point so um that was not enough to get me into second place, so I finished the season uh, in last place. Um, Tehoff, you that, ha- that makes it sound way worse than it is when there's only three of us. But <laughs> well, last is last, no matter uh, no matter That's which true. no matter which way you Pretty spin first it. Last. So, um, Tehoff, talk to us a little bit about about your streamers last week. Yeah, so. I had um, Burke going uh, against against Seattle, uh, which at this point I'm just loving any pitcher against Seattle right now. Not scary at all. Um, and then I had I had Keller going against Baltimore on Sunday, but he got set, shut down. Um, so apologies for that recommendation. Yeah. Yep. So um, <laughs> did not see that one coming. Right. But yeah, both of those turned out pretty well. Um, and I finished the season with 509. Is that is that right? Is that the most recent number? No, it's not. We're gonna have to do some some quick on the fly math here on the show because I screwed up and forgot to. Uh, You're the math guy. I know, and this is this is all all my fault. So uh, let's do some some quick math math real quick. So and Burke, while you're doing that, yeah, and while you're doing that, I can I can jump into some of the other pitchers we have. Um, relief-wise, or do you want to do it right now? We're going to do it right now. So, uh, Burke got you 10 points, and... Oh, only 10. I thought you got more. Only 10. And uh, Keller got you um, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Oh, he, he he didn't pitch, right? He did not get yeah, yeah. he got shut down. <laughs> Before so, that, his last outing against Baltimore, he went six and got nineteen. So that's right. why I recommended him. He had Baltimore again. But uh so that brings my grand total to five nineteen. To five nineteen. And that brings my grand total to four thirty six. And then Stefan had Anibal Sanchez against Miami, who got him ten points. And then I feel like we need a drum roll, because this is this is like it. If if uh if Michael Pineda got Stefan like seventy five points, then then he he beat you. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you are. Did he have a seventeen K no hitter? Yeah, I don't even think that would be seventy five points. He had a he had a solid start. He got twenty two points 
against Detroit, but still not enough for him to overtake you. So congratulations, Seahoff. You are the champion of the streamer segment for the season, <laughs> the uh, danger zone segment as it was, as it once was, all of those <laughs> things. So congratulations. And uh, thank you. The only thing I've won this year is the Kristen Yelich bet, but uh, hey, you got to win something. Now that we're going into the playoffs, this is just a nice. I know I won something this year, so that's helpful. But I do want to say, Pineda is a guy that I'm I'm picking up in a lot of spots or looking for for those matchups. I do think you know he was pretty good for a while, and then he was hurt, and then he was not so great. Uh, but he's kind of finding that form again. So he's a guy that I trust um, against you know against. Uh, obviously against the good matchups and then even the ones that are slightly riskier, you know, am I throwing them out there against, um, you know, against the Dodgers? Probably not, but you know, in general, I think he's a guy that you can count on to get you double digits. Yep. No, absolutely. So the reason we ended the, the streamer segment at the end of the regular season is because we're going to be doing a slightly different structure for tonight's episode and our final two episodes uh, while we are in the playoffs. And uh, what that's going to look like for you guys is is simply this. You know, We're going to quickly hit on the news and notes, which we already did today. And then we are going to jump into uh, you know playoff help, so a wave, uh, some form of a waiver wire segment uh, recommending players to add um and then we're gonna look at the weekly matchups uh in the weekly planner playoff edition segment so that is what we're gonna do for the rest of the show today but first we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors hi this is scott trout ceo of the domestic litigation firm cordell and cordell there are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. All right, and we are back. So... One thing I did forget to mention on the top of the episode uh, here today is uh, because of our delay in getting the episode out and some other obligations that we have, we are going to be doing this episode unedited. So you might hear uh, you might hear some of uh, you know some of the things that you don't normally hear from us uh, because we won't be editing this episode. So we apologize for that. We're just going to kind of throw it up as as a, a live show so to speak um so we do apologize for you know any of the the extra stuff that that you might hear particularly as it relates to you know audio audio quality and uh either of us sputtering along like an idiot which we can tend to do um Steve's not on the show so i think we're good uh, <laughs> yeah you're right you're right you're right <laughs> yep um but good let's, caveat, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> let's dive on in to uh, playoff help. Uh, you want to start with relief pitchers? Yeah, I mean, relief pitcher, we mention it all the time, and we will probably never stop uh, stop talking about how challenging it can be to get those points you need from that position. So if you are in a position 
where your relief pitchers aren't cutting it. Um, maybe you have McGill, and we found out he's not so good. Two blown saves in the last five outings. Kind of hard to trust him there. Um, or whoever is, you know, I had, we talked about Naris last week. Uh, I still trust him, but after I picked him up after 12 good starts, he had two bad ones. So take a look. Um, you know, Melanson, 25% on. He's eight for eight saves against the Braves. Or against the Braves, excuse me, for the Braves. Um, so he's a guy that I really like a lot. Um, he has a track record. It's on a good team. He's going to get save chances. If you're looking for someone to get you some some saves, he's a guy to look at. Um, Ian Kennedy for the Royals, you know, not going to get a ton of save chances, but he's 35% owned um, and has been really efficient this year. Um, so, you know, pretty low risk with him. Archie Bradley with the Diamondbacks, they actually are going to have a chance to win a lot of games the rest of the season because they are in division with the Padres and the Giants and the Rockies. And, of course, then not when they're playing the Dodgers. Um, and then Victor Robles. Excuse me, not Victor Robles. Uh, what's his first name? Jake. For um, for the Angels. Uh, he's 36% owned. And he's he's a guy to look at as well. Uh, and then last two, of course, uh, Naris I mentioned. He's at 54%. And uh, Lugo um, is actually another option as well. He's at 16% owned. So those are some some guys to consider depending on your, you know, depending on your league and what your needs are uh, to fill in there. So uh, make sure you're, you know, this is the point of the season where, if I see my relief pitchers that I have, I, you know, most leagues I'm in, I have two slots for those guys. If I see that they just have horrific matchups, um, I might, you know, move one out, move one in uh, with better matchups for that week. You know, if, if it's a situation where that second closer that I'm taking out of my lineup is still a really solid closer, I might be hanging on to him. But you do got to play the matchups a little bit. You know, we always talk about being careful not to over tinker, but I do think that's a position where you can make or break your league. Um, so, Jake, any thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I do have just one thing to say about Ian Kennedy. I was uh, unfortunately in a situation where I had to scramble for closers not too long ago, and Ian Kennedy is a guy that ended up on uh, two of my rosters. And while you're, you know, you're absolutely right, he's he's not going to. He's not going to get a ton of, of save opportunities. He's been very reliable. And, you know, he uh, he's a guy that I, I'm not afraid to have in in, in my lineup. Um, of course, I say that now and then, yep. you know. <laughs> he's going to give up 10 runs. Right. And, uh, right. Save, yeah. <laughs> well, that's 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 the nature of, of having relief pitchers on your on your team. Um, yes. yes. But. It was something I very much needed is to to have someone that I could rely on, and he might not go out and get you the you know the ten point outings, one inning outings, but at the same time, <clears throat> I feel pretty confident that he's not going to go not going to go negative on me. Um, and uh, Melanson is is another guy that I've been fortunate enough to be able to add in a couple of leagues that uh, essentially has solidified uh, my closer situation, which was previously a little bit. A little bit sketchy um so yep take a look don't just you know don't just rely on the guys that have have got you through all this uh so far this season because you know in the playoffs one bad one bad outing can can mean, mean the difference in uh winning your league and your season being over so uh take the time to take a closer look at at relief pitching and and what's out there and uh, how you're using it and make sure you've got some backup options 
when the matchups seem scary or look out for those situations where, like we mentioned a, a number of podcasts ago, when you've got, uh, you know, if you've got a closer who's who's pitched two outings in a row, um, you may not want to throw him out there for that third outing. One, because he may not even get in the game, but two, if he does, um, you know, statistically, third consecutive outing for closers is is usually not a good thing uh, for production level. So um, unless you've just got one of the elite lockdown guys. So those are my thoughts on relief pitchers. Shall we move on? Absolutely. Yeah, I do want to make sure we know that the listeners know that um, <laughs> the closer for the Angels is Hansel Robles. Hansel Robles, yes. Um, and, and not Victor Robles. He has not been converted <laughs> to a reliever. Um, but, no, but Ian Desmond uh, yeah, has. Ian Desmond has finally found a way to be relevant again. No, <laughs> he has not. Um, but he did hit a home run right after um, throwing some <laughs> some relief. So huh. they're at the point in the season where they're just having fun, I think. But yeah, Hansel, super hot right now. Hansel. Hansel Robles. Very good. Um, let's move on to the hitters. Um, and we're going to just quickly go through uh who these names uh who Tihoff so wonderfully put together for us so we're just going to go position by position and uh I'll read off read off who we're talking about and and Tihoff you can chime in with any relevant information so help at first base if our listeners need help at first base who uh who of these five or so names uh, do you like the best and why? We've got Mark Canna, uh, Matt Olson, Abraham Toro, um, CJ Crone, and Nate Lau. I don't. I, I'm pretty sure it's Lau, just yeah, like Brandon Lau. We, um, th- yeah, but it might be Low. It it's either low. I think it's Nate Low and Brandon Lau. I, Actually, I think I screwed that up. So Nate Low. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, um, there's, there's too many. There's too many names here. I I mean, I've always been a Matt Olson fan. Um, so I don't think that that's going to come as any surprise. But, uh, and I do think that the A's are going to be making a push here. Um, and so I like, you know, he's, he's 75% on those. So it's going to be difficult to pick him up. Mark Canna, I think, is now over the 50% on. He's my favorite of this group. He also qualifies at outfield. Um, he's just on a heater right now, batting 315 uh, with 11 homer, homers and his OPS near 1,000 since the All Star break. So, He's a guy that you can ride that hot hand through to, um, you know, to the next round at least. Um, interesting to take a look at Abraham Toro for the Astros. He's actually partially responsible for Verlander's, uh, not partially responsible, but responsible uh, in large part to Verlander's no hitter with that go right go ahead home run in the ninth. Uh, he qualifies at first and third. He's on a great team. Uh, and then CJ Crone just has some good matchups. Um, he's going against Zimmerman and Porcello and Evaldi and Plucko this week. Um, so he's averaging four points per game. Um, and then Nate, Nate Lowe, to me, he's a guy that gets hyped a lot. Um, and he's only 25% owned. He's kind of a boomer bust. Like He needs to have that have power to be relevant uh, in points leagues. So with that power comes some, some strikeout possibilities as well. So... Um, yeah, I like Canna a lot, then Olsen, uh, and then probably Crone third, just because of the matchups, and then Abe, and then Nate Lowe. I also, I mean, Abe, I'm, you know, just 
partially thinking, you know, he's on the Astros and he's got some big upside. And I'm just personally not as uh, excited about Nate, Nate Lau, but I'm, I'm willing to be convinced uh, otherwise on that one because I do think he's everyone else likes him more than I do. Yeah, I mean, the thing you have to be careful about with particularly CJ Crone and I guess a little bit uh, with Canna and Nate Lowe is just the, the platooning. Um, it sounds like Lowe's probably yeah. going to get, I mean, first base is crowded for the Rays, so it sounds like uh, he's probably going to sit some depending on the matchup and he's probably going to get the majority of, of the starts that he gets as designated hitter. But uh, Nate Lowe is you know, probably the guy that has the most long-term uh, benefit of all the guys on this list, uh, say short of Matt Olson. Um, but eliminating Matt Olson from this list from for the sense of a uh, the fact that he's 75% owned, I think uh, Lowe probably has the most long-term uh, chance of success. But if we're talking just helping you out, for the playoffs, you know, I, I agree. I think uh, Canna and Corona are probably the ones ones to go for. Abraham Toro, uh, we don't know what's going to happen when when Correa comes back with Toro. Um, he's he's probably likely to settle into some sort of uh, super utility role at that point, um, sure. or or yep. just straight up backup. But let's keep moving on. Second base, uh, where do we go for help at second base? Lux, if you can get him, we already talked about him, but um, you know he's a guy that could win your league. He just absolutely mashed in the minors, hitting 350. You know, will that play into? Will that carry over? Who knows? But tonight he looked pretty good. Um, so if he's available, grab him. Kevin Newman's a guy that's interesting. He's averaging seven points per game nearly uh, over the last um, couple weeks, but you know that did include four games at Coors Field. He also qualifies at short, so he's a guy that I've been using in our listener league often on this year actually but he's uh really heated up lately colton wong is a guy that you might have thought about uh, forgotten about <laughs> um and he's 34 percent owned he's a guy that i'm looking to add uh, if i do need help at second base as well because he's likely to be owned um and the cardinals are, are playing pretty well right now so take a look at him um luis arise 16 he also qualifies at third base and outfield He's someone to consider if you're, none of these other options are available for you. And then Nick Solak as well, um, 2.7% uh, owned, so should be available. Um, you know, not not spectacular, but solid. Um, so he's someone to look at, again, if, if some of these other options aren't available and you need somebody at second second base. I've, I've got, I think, my favorite team name of the year, though. If you, if you were successfully able to add Gavin Lux to your roster you could then change your team name to lux be a lady tonight <laughs> that's not bad i was very i was on the edge of my seat what you're gonna say i thought maybe you're gonna use colton wong somehow or newman like maybe a, a seinfeld newman thing but that was well done yeah <laughs> and, and live too that was a huge risk jake <laughs> well um, that's all I'm going to say about any of that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those, see who's available and grab, grab the one that you feel most comfortable with. No, in all seriousness, um, I kind of took, took a gamble a couple of weeks ago and just add Gavin Lux, uh, to a couple of my rosters and, um, <clears throat> I need help at second and short in, uh, in both of those leagues and he qualifies. So, um, I'm excited to see what happens here. I know there was a lot 
uh, a lot swirling around about whether or not the Dodgers would actually call him up or if they did, how they would use him. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I, I feel like they've got a comfortable enough lead that they're going to, they're going to, to get him some, some exposure. I mean, if, if, if they call him up, they might as well play him. Um, and, uh, I do like the Nick Solak, Solak, uh, pick up too, as, as a guy that's uh, a little less owned and probably more accessible, but let's move on to third base. Who do you got for us at third base? Yeah, not as many names to talk about here because it is so deep. You probably don't even really need you know a lot of help here. But you know, Kyle Seager we mentioned he's still hitting well. Uh, if you lost J Ram, you know, fifty uh, percent owned. Um, see if you can if you see if you can pick him up. And then J D Davis uh, for the Mets. Um, you know, he's homered three times in the past week. He's hitting three hundred. You know, a nearly nine hundred OPS. So he's a guy that can help you out as well. Um, I'm sure listeners who also listen to other podcasts know that he, his underlying numbers are even better than his real numbers. So, um, you know, he's on a, he's going to be productive for you if you do need to fill in there. Um, you know, there's so many good third basemen that it's less likely, but, uh, you might want to grab a hot hand or maybe you're in a deeper league where you're playing, you know, multiple third basemen, um, at that and need help with that position. So those are the main two that we got for this week. Yeah. I love the JD Davis pickup. I've, I've hyped him up uh many times on our show i am still skeptical about kyle seager i know he's hot but um maybe i've just been burned by him one too many times but oh yeah i don't expect that to continue so enjoy it while it lasts right <laughs> and he's you know 50 percent on is actually pretty you know pretty decent but i expect that to start to, to go down over the next couple of weeks um but as of right now as of, as of this moment um he's someone worth considering yep well, let's move on to shortstop. Uh, we've got, again, just a couple of names on this, this list. We've already talked about uh, Lux be a lady tonight. So uh, unless you have anything else to add there, uh, talk to me about the other name on your list. The other name here is Ty France. Um, he had two big games recently with three home runs in those last two games. One double home run game. Double home run. Two home runs in the same game. Um, uh and two and a half percent owned, so he's not someone that I'm super excited about. Um, but he's probably available, and if you and if none of these other options we're talking about, um, and we, you know, you know, shortstop again, same as third base, very very deep. Unlikely that you're really scrambling here, but someone to take a look at if you are. Very good. Yeah, Ty France strikes me as as the kind of guy who um, is going to be a little bit boomer bust, uh, depending on the matchup and depending on you know. He's just in his limited major league exposure. He's been a little bit streaky, um, but if you're in a deep enough league that maybe utilizes a middle infield s- slot or uh, something like that, then uh, certainly a guy worth worth taking a risk on because of the upside. So uh, let's move on to the outfielders. We'll we'll skip uh, Mark Canna because we've already talked about him, but we've got Framil Reyes, Seth Brown, Jake Cave. Uh, Malik Smith, Anthony Santander, and Harrison Bader. Uh, talk to me about the guys on this list. Who do you who do you like out of this list the most? Yeah, I think for this week, I mean, I still like Cannon a lot, but I do like Jake Cave's matchups. He's got a bunch of righties coming up. Um, <clears throat> Malik Smith is averaging five points per game. Uh, he had a great series against Texas. You know, he's been kind of hit or miss, but um, I'm um, maybe the most intrigued by him at this point in the season that I have been all season. 
I know he started off really well at the beginning of the season, but I wasn't fully on board. Um, and then Harrison um, Harrison Bader at 40%, 3.3 points per game. I think he's a guy that I've liked all year, and I, I think maybe in, like the most on this list rest of season. I think that he'll get you consistent points. He's he's good enough defensively where he'll stay in the lineup. Um, I don't, you know, there might be some variation in some platooning. So, you know, keep a look, keep an eye on that. And he is forty percent owned, so he might not be available. But he is my favorite of these. And then, and then Framil Reyes, he's a guy that's available. I don't actually have his percentage up here, but um, <clears throat> he's someone that I uh, <laughs> I take a look at every now and then, and I just can't find a way to put him in my lineup and have that make sense i think i'd rather have santander who was hitting well lately with two nine you know 291 with 16 home runs um 5.6 points per game over his last, over the last week uh, and 2.7 on the season so he's a guy that won't hurt you i mean that is something to consider at this point in the season too you want to go for guys that are you know going to get you a lot of points to push you over the finish line but you do at some point have to mitigate that risk of getting a guy who's going to strike out four times a game yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> with, uh, I assume you meant uh, Malik Smith is averaging five points per game over the last week. Was that the qualifying? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm talking, that's... we're looking at just most recently so that we know if they're going to help us tomorrow, right? right. But that's going to change each day. Yep. Um, I'm I'm a really big fan of, of Jake Cave and what he's been doing recently. Um, so he's a guy that's on my radar. Um, I also think Anthony Santander has just uh, been pretty quietly productive over the last uh, month or so, um, and he's a guy that um, is worth keeping an eye on as well. So those are two of the names that I like. I like from this yeah. this list as well. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about Seth Brown much, but the A's really like him. He's going to get playing time, you know. But to your point earlier, they got. Pinder and they got Canna and they got Loriano's coming off the aisle soon. So take that one with a little bit more of a grain of salt. Um, but I do know everything out of the athletics clubhouse is that they're, they want to give him a chance and he's been playing pretty well. So definitely uh, keep your eye on him. I mean, outfield is, there's so many players that can be a little overwhelming. So, you know, in your league, <laughs> go to the available players, see who's hot last week. Um, and, and check their matchups, and that's how I'd, I'd approach that, um, depending on whatever your your needs are. Yep, and one other guy worth mentioning, uh, Chris Davis, seventy five percent owned. Um, he's been kind of he's had a disappointing season, and he's missed uh, some significant time. Recently returned from the paternity list. Um, that's the type of guy that you know if you really want to kind of take a flyer on a guy if he heats up at the right time with the kind of power that he can provide could be um could be a guy that that gets you over the hump in the playoffs um so worth keeping an eye on i'm not super optimistic based on the the type of season he's had so far that um that he will do that but he is certainly capable of doing so so another guy to keep an eye on yeah and it's unlikely i mean one of the leagues i'm in he's available and it's you know, I was tempted just because of his track record and who knows this time of year guys can really turn it on to help their clubs. Cause it's fun. It's exciting. Um, but yeah, he's had a disappointing year. It's, it's a pretty strange position. I bet he feels odd knowing that it'll be a disappointment if he doesn't hit 50 home runs each year, you know, <laughs> that's gotta be a little bit daunting after a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure that we're not qualified to uh, 
to analyze his feelings. <laughs> that's what I'm sure of. So yes, that's that's uh, that's certain. But um, yeah, and then the last guy here to mention is John Birdie um, for the Marlins. He qualifies basically everywhere, depending on your league. Um, Ten percent owned. So if you just need someone to fill in a utility guy, you know, the best way I can imagine using him is just simply he's available. I need to fill in a, sl- a slot here for this day. If you have a daily. Uh, lineup lock where you can just put him in there and get a couple points out of him and then you know probably drop him the next day most likely but he's he's a possibility someone to to at least take a look at yeah he's a he's a marwin gonzalez type but yeah probably not quite as good he's he's your poor man's marwin gonzalez exactly all right let's jump into the weekly planner um so we're just going to go through each team's matchups um, as well as uh, the projected starting starting pitchers, and just real quickly give a couple of points for for each, and uh, we're gonna move th- through this pretty quickly to try to get uh, as much information uh, out there to you guys so that you can make some wise decisions on uh, on matchup plays moving forward for the rest of the uh, rest of this playoff matchup. So. Uh, we're just going to go in alphabetical order here. So let's start with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, they're going to finish a two-game set uh, at home against San Diego before an off day. And then uh, their weekend slate is uh, at Cincinnati. Um, we won't go through all of the projected starters, uh, but you do have Zach Gallen and uh, Zach Gallen at home against San Diego and uh, Robbie Ray at Cincinnati and Alex Young at Cincinnati before them closing out with Mike Leake at Cincinnati. So talk, <clears throat> talk to us a little bit about, about these matchups, matchups both from a uh, hitter standpoint for the Diamondbacks against that slate of, opponent, of, of opponents as well as uh, the Diamondbacks pitchers and what they're going up against. Yeah, so in general, I'm actually pretty optimistic with Arizona hitters. They're as a team, averaging 5.5 runs per game um, and hitting 257 as a team. Um, so it's pretty good overall. And, of course, they have Cantel Marte. Um, but these pitching matchups, I'm very comfortable rolling them out against Mike Leake, Carson Kelly, Zach Gallen even. Um, and then, of course, with uh, with Cincinnati, with, with, with um, you know, with uh, those with Ray and Young, you know, those guys are um, just not that. That's scary to me. I'm not that concerned about um, <laughs> um, the, the bats for Arizona. Uh, but excuse me, I'll go back to the Arizona pitchers. Um, they, none of them are are guys that I'm trusting. They're uh, they're just not consistent enough. Um, there's no real reason to look at these as good matchups, in my opinion. Yeah, I um, I would consider rolling Zach Gallen out there as a streamer against the Padres at home. Um, that's that's a, a streamer pick that I kind of have uh, have circled if if I do indeed need it. Um, but I am a little leery of of all of the the Diamondbacks pitchers in the weekend series at Cincinnati. Um, and I would say definitely roll out your Diamondback hitters, especially this weekend at Great American Ballpark. Um, they don't draw the uh, you know the the best. Uh, matchups in terms of the the Reds pitchers, but um, I'm always optimistic at games played at Cincinnati. So let's move on to yep. the Braves. We've got uh, 
the Braves have one more game against uh, Toronto in which they are firing up Mike Fultonavich for before an off day and then a four-game set against Washington at home uh, in which they will throw out Max Free, Dallas Keuchel, Julio Tehran, and Mike Soroka. So talk to us, Tihoff, a little bit about this this matchup or these matchups, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I actually like Fultonevich against Toronto more than I did at the beginning of the season, of course. You know, but um, you, you you do have to be a little bit cautious there with Toronto. I mean, they, they Vlad can can get can can hurt you for sure. So I'm skipping that if possible. But the matchups against Washington, I like these these arms a lot better with Freed and Soroka. You know, even Keiko and, and Tehran. But Washington's been hitting well lately. Um, these pitchers are likely to get you a go six and get get quality starts based on how they've been performing lately. Um, but you know, take some caution there and look at some of your other options just because Washington has Soto and um, and a bunch of other good hitters. So you know, um, I like those pitchers a lot, but I would consider some other options based on the fact that they're they're going up against Washington. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm definitely a little leery of the matchup against Washington, especially since it's in Atlanta um, and the ball flies a, a, a little better in Atlanta. It seems uh, the other thing I would point out too, is, you know, as, as we're getting into the, into the playoffs, um, maybe the strategy of, of playing it safe with some pitchers is uh, carries a little less, a little less weight. So I think of a guy like Keichel and a guy like Freed who don't typically have high strikeout numbers and while they might go six and get you the quality start, they're very much uh, control pitchers, and uh, they're trying to trying to get the ball put in play. Um, and that's not likely to end up with a as big of a point output as you might get from some of the uh, you know some of the more strikeout oriented pitchers. So, um, and then you know when you couple that with the matchup at Washington, that that does. Uh, turn me off a little bit to guys like Fried and Keuchel. So, yep, absolutely. And in terms of Atlanta's bats, I'm rolling them out there pretty much no matter what, because odds are you're, you know, it's Acuna or Freeman or or one of those other guys. Right. Uh, Baltimore. So Baltimore finishes a set at Tampa Bay, uh, weather pending. It sounds like, um, and then they get a f- uh, four game set against Texas. Uh, we've got. Um, Dylan Bundy going on Wednesday and uh, Wojciechowski going on Saturday. I think those are the only two potentially somewhat very slightly interesting pitchers there. Is there anything <laughs> worth uh, worth even mentioning nope. about any of these matchups? I mean, we mentioned Santander in Baltimore's lineup as being someone to look at, but yeah, there's and- nothing else to talk about here, I don't think, at least not in my mind. Yeah, if you're a Jonathan VR owner... Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be as afraid to oh, start right, yeah. him uh, against Texas uh, in those matchups, but uh, there's not a not a whole lot whole lot worth mentioning with with the Orioles guys. I guess uh, uh, Trey Mancini, um, I would be inclined to give him the start uh, against against the Rangers as well. Yep, but I would too. Let's move on to the Red Sox. Uh, we've got uh, the Red Sox <laughs> draw a pretty tough matchup, uh, pretty tough matchups. Excuse me. Um, although they're all at home, but they've get they have the uh, league. Uh, excuse me, the uh, all-time home run 
hitting record team. I said that all wrong, but you know what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> the Twins just set the record for most home runs. They've the hit season. the most home runs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they are, uh, they're still, they're still rolling. And then after that matchup, they get the Yankees who uh, I'm pretty sure they know how to hit a home run or two as well. Um, so the pitchers that the Red Sox are throwing out for, for those matchups are Rick Porcello, Eduardo Rodriguez, followed by Eovaldi. Um, and then uh, they'll finish up the Yankee series with David Price and, and Rick Porcello again. Any of those pitchers you're willing to throw out there against those two heavy hitting lineups? No, not at all. Um, you know, I think I had mentioned Porcello once as a streaming option because it had a good matchup and he had kind of been doing this like bad start, good start thing. But no, I'm avoiding all these uh, matchups if at all possible. Yeah, I... I'm slightly intrigued by Rodriguez, but beyond that, um, you know, I, yeah, he's one that I just don't know what to do with. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's like always on, you know, you know, Sarah's has him on lists and uh, everyone's like, you know, he'll have these moments of looking like a great pitcher, not just a good pitcher. And then he has times where he, you know, he looks like he doesn't even want to be out there almost. It's, it's confusing. I don't know what to do with him. So, at this point in the season, I'm not over. I'm not <laughs> spending too much time thinking about it. But who knows? Next year, he's a guy that I'm, of course, keeping my eye on again to see if he can figure it out. Absolutely, and I'm not particularly afraid of rolling out any of the Red Sox hitters uh, against uh, any of the the pitchers that uh, they could likely face against the Twins or the Yankees. So, uh, roll out your Red Sox hitters no matter what in this this matchup. Let's move on to the Cubs. The Cubs have one more game against Seattle uh, in which they'll throw out John Lester before an off day and then four games at Milwaukee in which uh, they're going to throw out Quintana, Cole Hamels, uh, Darvish, and Kyle Hendricks. Uh, talk to us about this, about these matchups, Seahoff. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously Hendricks um, had Seattle today and uh we got milwaukee coming up obviously Hendricks today against seattle was a great matchup and he did really well i'm probably still rolling him out against milwaukee as well just because of you know what he can do um and i'm going with talent at this point of the season um the other guys i'm a little more nervous about going against milwaukee hamels darvish quintana um you know, darvish has really turned it around so that might be someone that i'm that i'm looking at but um i can't well. say that yeah, it is. Uh, it is worth noting. Darvish is not expected to, uh, or he is expected to make that start, but he was scratched from his last start with forearm tightness. Uh, right. So yep. read into that what what you may. Um, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. No, that's that's a good point to make. Um, yeah, I mean Quintana just he hasn't fared well against Milwaukee, uh, and then Hamels is just not not very consistent lately, and then you know. To your point, Darvish has got some some health issues, but Hendricks is a guy that I'm at this point in the season. I'm probably rolling him out no matter what. Um, he's shown that he can dominate any lineup. Um, honestly, he's <laughs> I might pick him over uh, Trevor Bauer against any lineup at this point. <laughs> um, I am afraid of all of these pitching matchups at Milwaukee. Um, I'm at a point where, short of like uh, Verlander or Garrett Cole. Uh, or Scherzer type picture pitcher. I don't want anything to do with Miller Park. Um, I've got a couple shares of Hendricks, and I am uh, 
I am not going to start him on Sunday. Um, especially with it being the last week of potentially a pivotal playoff matchup. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. Once you get to the, once you get to the end of the week, um, if there's some better options, you know, if someone, someone, someone that you like, that's, that's, that's going to go safe. against Detroit or something, yeah. it's more safe then totally hear you there. Yep. Um, but I do like the idea of, uh, throwing out all your Cubs hitters at Milwaukee, uh, for that final four game set. So fire up the likes of Chris Bryant and Rizzo and uh, among all of their other great hitters. So let's move on to the Southsiders here. We've got uh, at Cleveland Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then home against the Angels. Any pitchers that you see here that you're uh, not afraid to, to roll out there? Uh, the only thing that's kind of interesting here to me is Giolito against the Angels. Uh, he has been going six a lot lately, can get a lot of Ks, um, but he gives up a lot of home runs too. And he's got a lineup that can hit home runs. So, um, you know, he's one to consider, but I would, to your point earlier about Hendricks, look look for some safer options if possible, uh, which is interesting. I mean, Giolito has been one of the better performers this year. Um in terms of pitchers. So, you know, if he's someone that you, you trust uh, for his talent, then, then go for it. You, you, you could do worse on that one. The rest of these, you know, Detweiler, Cease, Nova, Lopez, uh, Cleveland, and then, you know, again, Detweiler and Cease at uh, the angels. I want nothing to do with. Yeah. I had Reynaldo Lopez as uh, a potential viable streaming candidate in the playoffs. And, uh, he he had some solid outings and that was very encouraging and then uh he went out and lasted only two thirds of an inning against uh Atlanta and gave up six earned runs for an eighty one ERA in that start. Um it sounded like he was dealing with, with some sort of, of illness or something like that. Um but nevertheless, uh, I've I've since lost faith in Reynaldo Lopez, at least for the rest of the rest of this year, unless the matchup is just super friendly. Um, any White Sox hitters that uh, you're willing to, you know, throw out there no matter what? Yeah, I mean, I still have Moncada in the league that I'm rolling out there a lot, but I am taking a look to see how he's doing and monitoring that. Um, I actually traded a Giolito for him uh, earlier this season when he was really hot, so um he is my starting second baseman in one of my leagues so i do like him in general he's just got you know so much potential but um you know take a look see how he's doing if he's if he's hitting the ball well then of course you got to keep him in there he's one of the best talents but um he's the only one that i own um going into the playoffs fair enough let's move on to the reds uh they've got three more at home against philadelphia before hosting arizona um, some really intriguing uh, pitchers lined up here. Um, we've got Alex Wood um, and Sonny Gray uh, before we get Luis Castillo, Anthony DeSclafani, and then Wood again. Um, any of these pitchers uh, that you think are, are viable streaming candidates based on matchup? Uh, you know, they're not the, the best hitter matchups in the world with Philly and Arizona, but uh, it, it could also be worse. 
which of these guys are you are you trusting? Yeah, the only guys here that I'm interested in are Bauer and Gray, and if you own them, you're probably you know Gray's a guy who's just been himself this year finally uh, away from the Yankees, and he's you know he's shown that he can uh, pitch the way that he wants to pitch and be, and be good against most lineups. I'm I'm very optimistic that he can still have a good outing even against Philadelphia. Sometimes he has a hard time going deep into games, but. Um, he's been a guy that I've been trusting lately. And then Bauer, I don't know what to do with. I guess I'm starting him here. But the last two outings have been really frustrating. And then Wood is just hurt and also not good right now. And Descofani is a guy that I'm interested in, in the, for the right matchup. Uh, he lost t- today um, against against the Phillies. And then, he, yeah, he's got Arizona coming up again. And I don't love that that matchup. If he was going out against, yeah, um, Seattle or, or Detroit or Baltimore, then then I would consider him. I think DeSclafani could be a, a, a potential streamer option for you, um, depending on what your your matchup situation looks like at the end of the at the end of the week. Um, so that's a guy to maybe maybe circle his name on the calendar. And if anything happens with any of your pitchers and they get skipped or something like that, that's a guy later in the week that uh, may not hurt you too too much. But let's move on to the Indians, who have three more at home against the White Sox before going to Minnesota. Uh, we are looking at Clevenger, Bieber, Plesak, Pletko, Savale, and Clevenger again in that order. So uh, pretty safe to roll these guys out against the White Sox. But uh, how do you feel about Pletko, Savale, and Clevenger at Minnesota? Yeah, I the only one I'm willing to consider there is Clevenger, um, just because he has the talent to do it. But you know, Savali against the White Sox today was an interesting matchup. I didn't actually see how that turned out. Um, and then, so yeah, all the matchups against the White Sox. To your point, I like besides Plesac, he's just not someone that I trust. Um, and then yeah, against Minnesota, Clevenger is the only one that I'm interested in um, at all. And then the Cleveland bats going up against the White Sox pitchers and the Minnesota pitchers. Um, I'm, you know, probably, probably rolling those guys out there at the Santana's and, um, everyone else. Very good. Uh, let's move on to the Rockies. We've got, uh, two more in LA against the Dodgers before a day off and then a three game set at San Diego. There's not a pitcher on this list that I would, trust in a million years is that safe to assume that you're in the same boat there yes <laughs> that is correct <laughs> and you, you just you never know i mean um uh <laughs> with the rockies hitters they are talented they're just, they're bad away from home um but, but you know trevor story i know that i am um, a fanboy but he does he does hit 276 on the road he's got 19 double 16 stolen bases so he's a guy that i'm still keeping in my lineup uh and then i read a bunch this week about not starting Blackman on the road, and he got robbed of a home run. Hit a double today. Murphy was like three for five with a couple doubles. So you just never know. I mean, Bueller got hit around by him by the Rockies today. So they have that talent. McMahon hit a home run. I think that was a you know that game ended up being like thirteen to, to nine or something like that. So uh, yeah, it's a tough one to figure out. But in general, you can't expect a ton out of Rockies on the road, and none other pitchers are worth rostering. Yeah, I you know I'm really skeptical to start any Rockies away from home. Uh, 
maybe with like you said with the exception of of the blackmans and stories but um but let's move on from the rockies because we need to move on uh the tigers uh they've got three at kansas city before three at oakland um about the only pitcher on this list that i'm you know even somewhat interested in starting would be would be boyd at kansas city um although the matt boyd of three months ago is not the same matt boyd you've been getting recently um so i would even be a little bit skeptical skeptical there um and then the tigers don't have a whole lot to offer in the way of 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 offense contribution so uh, not a whole lot, a whole lot <laughs> to talk about to here. I think that's all that we right. have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the Astros. Uh, they've got one more at Milwaukee in which uh, Grinky is starting that game. Do you trust Grinky at Milwaukee? I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's. I'm, I'm, I'm starting Grinky, Verlander, Cole pretty much every time. And then um, I would start Miley at Seattle. And then, of course, if you have a Houston bat, you're probably starting starting those uh, batters as well. Yep. Um, and my, uh, Miley is against Seattle at home, uh, not at Seattle, uh, which is probably more favorable. Miley's Miley's been better at home anyway. Uh, Framber Valdez could be a sneaky streamer option. Um, he did have a, a, a pretty good start two starts ago. Uh, got hit around a little bit more, but um, against the Seattle offense that, um, you know, has has struggled as of late, uh, I think Framber Valdez as a streamer could be a viable option there. Uh, we were talking before the show that uh, I had inadvertently left uh, the Royals off of this list, so we added them and then uh, determined that there was not a whole lot interesting to... Uh, to discuss based on their pitching matchups. We already talked about Ian Kennedy, and I think that's kind of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe Junis against the Sox. Uh, um, I think it's on Sunday. Right? No, sorry, that's that's next week. Yep. So, so yeah, it's not even this week. There's Junis gets the Tigers discuss. though, so similar, similar. Uh, uh, right. And that actually, they're they're on Thursday. Yeah. Their pitching matchups are are pretty friendly. They've got the Tigers and then the Marlins um, at Miami. So. You know, there might be something there if uh, if you wanted to roll the dice on on one of these guys like a like a Junis or a or an Eric Skoglund. Um, the matchups are favorable, so you could get a diamond in the rough, so to speak. There, but uh, it will not come with our highest from it will not come with our highest of recommendation. Um, so let's move on to the Angels. They've got a three game set at Oakland, followed by a three game set at the White Sox. Um, any of these pitchers you you know definitively throwing out there, or are you nope. cautious here? Nope. Starting the bats and none of those arms, please. Yeah, I'm. I'm tempted to throw or to to put Andrew Heaney at Chicago um, at the White Sox, excuse me, as as a potential streaming option there. Um, you know, we all know. Uh, yeah, what point. Heaney is capable of doing, uh, although he has not been doing it as of late. But um, that's an intriguing one to me, so keep an eye out for Andrew Heaney at the White Sox on Saturday. Dodgers, uh, you're throwing out every Dodger bat <clears throat> every time, correct? Yeah, yep. of course. They're just mashing. Um, and 
you know, the, 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 the arms, um, you know, Bueller got lit up today, but I would have recommended starting him against Colorado at, at LA. Um, and then Maeda is scheduled to start tomorrow. Right. But I believe he actually came in, uh, as a reliever. So I'm not sure about that. Um, and then of course, Kershaw and Bueller against San Francisco. I like, uh, coming up this weekend, Gonsolin I'm interested in, but I need to see more. It's not, you know, not the safest. Yeah. I added him to, a. uh, a couple of my rosters um i've yet to use him but um you know i think with the, the right matchup i think that could be a uh, a solid play there yep. but um we're starting kershaw bueller ryu uh no doubt no doubt about it right yes even though i mean ryu he's a guy that i'm counting on for the playoff front he hasn't looked great lately but really hoping he can turn it around here yep um Okay, let's move on to the Marlins. They've got at Pittsburgh Tuesday through Thursday, followed by Kansas City at home Friday through Sunday. Uh, they're rolling out uh, Sandy Alcantara on Tuesday. Um, you've got Pablo Lopez on Friday and Caleb Smith on Saturday. Um, and then Alcantara again on Sunday. Um, any of those uh, young fish arms that you're you're willing to to throw out there this week yeah it's a tough one i mean the pittsburgh lineup doesn't scare me that much and neither does kansas city um alcantara lopez smith are all worth considering um so yeah those are guys i'm looking at as possible streamers um are they my favorite streamers no i wouldn't say so but um you can do worse yeah absolutely and like you said the matchup is uh is fairly favorable um let's move on to milwaukee let's try and speed this up a little bit as we go through go through the end here but uh, milwaukee gets uh houston tomorrow they've got jordan lyles going against grinky before an off day and then a four game set at home against the cubs um are you throwing jordan lyles out there against the astros offense uh no no i'm not um no no I don't like these arms this week, um, but the matchups, you know, they aren't great against Houston. <clears throat> the the bat matchups aren't great against Houston or Chicago, but you can't really, you know, take those guys out of your lineup either. So I don't really love, uh, yeah, anything here, honestly. I think you're kind of moving forward as you normally would. Very well. Let's move on to the Twins, who have uh, a three-game set at Boston, followed by a three-game set uh, at home against Cleveland. Um, we're going to get Berrios, Kyle Gibson, Martin Perez, Michael Pineda, Jake Odorizzi, and then Berrios again on Sunday. Um, these are, I feel like all, you know, arms that you could potentially discuss using. So, um, how comfortable are you using the Berrios, Gibson, and Martin Perez starts against Boston? Um, or do you feel more comfortable with the Pineda, Odorizzi, and then Berrios at home against Cleveland? Yeah, I'd prefer the against Cleveland matchups. I mean, Boston does need yeah, they have a lineup that can that can hit obviously and they need to win 20 of their next 25 games um to have a shot at the playoffs. So I think that they're going to be really swinging for the fences. Uh we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I, I don't love the matchups against Boston. Against Cleveland, I'm willing to, you know, like I said, Pineda is a guy that I like. Uh Odriz and Berrios and Berrios, I'm a, uh, you know, I like, I like Berrios more, obviously, between between those, but Odorizzi could be interesting as well. So those are worth looking at. Very good. Mets uh, at Washington, 
uh, followed by an off day, and then Philly's at home. Uh, you're definitely starting to Grom. Are you throwing and most likely Syndergaard? Are you throwing Wheeler out there against Washington? Uh, I probably am at this point. Yeah, um, it gives me a little bit of hesitation. Um, you know, tough matchups. I'm probably starting all the, all these arms and um, and seeing how it goes. And then, of course, with the Mets bats, I'm starting most of those. If you own them, it's probably Alonso or JD Davis. Right. Uh, let's move on to the Yankees. Obviously, you're starting all of the Yankees bats, uh, but the Yankees have Texas. Uh, two more games against Texas before an off day, and then they will be at Fenway Park. So you've got uh, Paxton, Sabathia going against Texas, and then Domingo Herman, Jay Happ, and Tanaka at Boston. Which of those pitchers are you comfortable with? None, honestly. Um, I mean, Domingo Armand has shown that he can be good no matter where he is. And then Hap, I'm just not trusting Tanaka. Same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm avoiding at Boston right now. And then Texas uh, is a little bit, and you actually, know, a little bit better. But um, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, actually, Sabathia won't be pitching that game. Uh, he was removed with... Uh, knee injury ah. in his last start so um right. the, the paxton one is somewhat uh intriguing to me but beyond that paxton uh, against texas mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah. that's one worth considering for sure yep all right the a's uh they'll get a three-game set at home against the angels followed by detroit uh we've got tanner rourke chris bassett brett anderson homer bailey mike fires tanner rourke again in that order um, I like uh, Tanner Rourke as a potential streamer, especially against the the Tigers. Um, I'm a little skeptical with any of the other guys on this list, but hey, you could maybe throw out Mike Fires and uh, get one of those rare Mike Fires gems. Um, how do you feel about these pitchers? I would say start the bats um, in the arms that are here only against Detroit. You know, I would consider. I would consider Bailey fires and work, but uh, not not ones that jump off the page as being super exciting. I think fires has shown that he's human again, um, and then Bailey and work. Yeah, take a look. I mean, it depends on your options. I don't hate those because of the lineup. If it was any other lineup, you know, then I would say absolutely not. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Phillies uh, at Cincinnati, followed by at the Mets. Um, looking at these pitchers, we've got Vince Velasquez, Aaron Nola, Vargas, Zach Eflin, Drew Smiley, Vince Velasquez again. Uh, only one of these starters that I'm probably throwing out there is Aaron Nola, but um, I'm skeptical in that it's at Cincinnati. Um, what do you think? Any of these guys you're yep. willing to throw out of there? Same. I mean, Velasquez is a guy that's been interesting as a streamer here and there, and same with Vargas, but not against these matchups. Okay. Um, and then Philly's bats, uh, the ones that you own are probably, probably oh, worth yeah. starting. Um, I mean, one thing we haven't talked about, which we don't have time for is the fact that Real Muto has been better lately. Um, and yeah, they're making some noise offensively. So I'm starting there, starting those guys if I have them. Yep. Absolutely. Pittsburgh, we've got, uh, at home against Miami at home against St. Louis. Um, I'm not likely to start, uh, any of these any of these arms, uh, although Mitch Keller is intriguing Sunday against St. Louis, that could be a streamer option. Um, but and then as far as the Pirates, uh, are you throwing Josh Bell? Are you putting Josh Bell in your starting lineup? He started to kind of come back to life a little bit. Um, and are you starting Mitch Keller uh, Sunday? 
Uh, I'm not actually. I don't. You know, it depends on the options. Um, would you start Keller against uh, St. Louis or Hendricks against uh, Milwaukee? Probably, probably Keller. Um, so yeah, Keller, I guess it depends yeah. on your choices. Um, yeah. But I would. Uh, it wouldn't be one that I'd be excited about. Yep. Very good. Let's move on to the Cardinals, uh, who have San Francisco at home before traveling to Pittsburgh. Um, you're throwing Flaherty out there. Then you have uh, Dakota Hudson, Michael Walker, Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, and then Flaherty again at Pittsburgh. I think Flaherty is the only one on this list that I'm I'm feeling super confident about. Do you agree? Yep. Um, I think the others have shown flashes, but uh, you know if. If you got other options, I would consider them. And of course, the bats right now, uh, St. Louis is hitting is is hitting the ball. So I'm I'm putting them out there against Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Nothing too scary there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, San Diego, we've got <clears throat> at Arizona, followed by an off day, and then Colorado at home. Um, Cal Quantrill is a, a an interesting streaming option uh beyond that chris paddock i'm not i'm not super confident with chris paddock moving moving forward i think they got uh everything they got out of him earlier in the season um but you know at a certain point i guess uh you ride the horse that got you here uh any of these other pitchers here that you're intrigued about uh honestly not really this is uh (laughs) we're going through this uh prep it's Nothing here really stood out as, as guys that I'm that I'm excited about. Yeah, me either. Like I said, Cal Quantro could be an interesting streaming uh, streaming play, but uh, yeah, that and is it is that. interesting that we're not jump you know jumping out of our seats about Paddock like we were a few months ago. He's just not going deep enough into games, and um, I'm not sure what the pitching what what his uh, you know pitch limit is going to be. I don't I haven't caught up on that recently, but. Either way, he's no longer that, you know, super exciting guy as of now, maybe next year. Right. Uh, let's move on to the Giants. Uh, you've got at St. Louis and then at the Dodgers. Uh, and, you know, looking through this list, I think uh, Bumgarner is really the only one worth mentioning. Um, I suppose in a really deep league, you could maybe spot start Samarja. Oh, nope, it's against the Dodgers. So maybe don't do that. Uh, Bumgarner at St. Louis. Uh, I assume you're starting Bumgarner if you've got him. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then Webb, I like too, but I don't love that matchup here. Yeah. And then, you know, Giants hitters, you know, there's the, the couple that you're going to start, uh, most likely, but, uh, I don't love either of these matchups for Giants hitters. So just be mindful of that this week. All right, we're getting close here. We've got about five more left. So, Seattle. Uh, nope. Nope. And they draw the Cubs uh, in Chicago and the Astros in Houston. So, not likely that you're going to throw any of those bats out there either, at least not super comfortably so. So, let's move on to the Rays. We've got at home against Baltimore, at home against Toronto. So, some favorable favorable matchups for the, for the Rays. Um, you're starting Morton. I'm assuming you're starting Yarborough. Yep, those are those are definites for me. The others, I would look for other options. Yeah. And in terms of Tampa Bay bats, fire them um, up. I think there's no reason to. I mean, obviously this is all situational, but yeah, if you've got them, these are pretty good, pretty good matchups for their bats. Yeah, absolutely. 
The Rangers have uh, three more at, excuse me, two more at the Yankees, followed by a four-game set at Baltimore. Um, <clears throat> I don't really love any of these uh, pitcher matchups other than minor at Baltimore. Um, I guess Brooke Bark could be a streamer for you. Um, you're definitely not starting any Rangers against the Yankees. Uh, other than Miner and Burke, are you, are you, uh, yeah, those are the main ones. Um, uh, you know, Lynn's worth, worth a look as well, but, um, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. Very good. And of course, uh, favorable ballpark, ballpark matchups for the Rangers. So, um, I would be inclined to fire up all of your Rangers hitters, uh, all week long. So, uh, be ready to to let them loose, <clears throat> and then our uh, last two we've got the the Blue Jays. Uh, one more game at Atlanta, then an off day, and a four game set at Tampa. I'm not starting any of these guys. Um, I guess Jacob Wagusback is a potential streamer at Tampa Bay on Sunday, but I'm not super confident about any of those. And as far as the Blue Jays hitters, uh, start Bichette, start Vlad. Um, beyond that. I think that's uh, yep. that's where, where that's you pretty much it. To. And I'm I'm very impressed that at this time of night you're pronouncing Wadjus back uh, just <laughs> without thinking about it. <laughs> hey, uh, burning the midnight. There's like eight later, syllables so. in there. <laughs> eight syllables. Exactly. Yeah. And then lastly, we've got the Nationals uh, who have the Mets, and then at Atlanta. Um, let's see. Uh, are you starting Anibal Sanchez against the Mets? Oof. Um, it's worth a look. I would actually need to see how he's doing recently. I haven't looked at his numbers, but he has been pretty good. Obviously, Scherzer, you're rolling out there, um, you know, kind of no matter what. Um, and, of, of course, these bats are good. But, yeah, I think Sanchez is worth taking a closer look and seeing if that makes sense for your, for, for your format. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely starting Scherzer, most likely Strasburg. I'd probably think twice about Corbin, but would not rule it out. Uh, beyond yep. that, I feel like I can find a better uh, a better spot start than Anibal Sanchez. And of course, uh, with what the the Nationals are playing for, you're probably rolling rolling out all of the the rosterable bats of the Nationals lineup. So. Well, we uh, got through that more quickly than I thought we were going to, but uh, sorry this episode did run a little long. And again, apologies for getting it out a day late and uh, apologies for it coming to you unedited. But uh, I felt like we we did a pretty good job moving along there. So uh, we certainly wish everyone the best of luck in their playoff matchups. And uh, Tiaf, how many how many playoffs are you participating in? Uh, this year, I'm in three right now, and I'm lucky enough to have first-round buys in each one. So um, I'm, I think I mentioned it last week. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still taking a look at how, how um, players are doing, making some ad drops, managing that aisle so that next, next week I'm in as good of shape as possible. And one thing to consider, too, is even if you're not going to use a guy, and I hate to you know put this on the air, but um, sometimes you need a backup, and you also need to make sure that uh, if there's a player out there that could get added to another team and hurt you, um, and you have room for them, make sure you add those guys too. So even if you are in a bye week, um, keep making some moves, prepping for next week. Um, and it's kind of hard, you know. We we do have these uh, these schedules out now about the um, you know some we have some information about who the pitchers are going to be, but it can be hard to project that 
too. So, you know, look for talent, look for those matchups and, and, and kind of my biggest takeaway from this conversation going through all the the teams this week is is avoid the ones that don't have big upside for lots of points. You can very likely find other alternatives um, and you need to do so in order to get to the next week. Yep. Go for glory. Um, you know, you're in the playoffs. One thing I would mention, too, is, you know, I think there's a lot of fantasy baseball players out there that do kind of set their lineups two and three days at a time because of how long the season is, um, you know. I would say that this time of the year, if you've made it this far, make sure you're checking your lineups a couple of times today, a couple of times a day, excuse me, uh, being able to sub a guy who's not playing out of the lineup and, and, and put your backup in can make the difference in a matchup. Uh, also keep a close eye on the pitching rotations as they can shift. Uh, they can shift quickly. So uh, make sure you're, you're counting your starts and you know where you're at with all of that. Um, and lastly, make sure you change your, uh, team name, go add Gavin Lux, change your team name to Lux be a lady tonight. And <laughs> on that note, I think we should call it. Uh, we, yes, will... it is late. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, we will be back in your ears Sunday evening or actually Monday morning, uh, for, uh, your semifinal matchups and best of luck to all of you guys. Tihoff, thank you so much. Uh, for uh, all of your contributions this week and we will talk to all of you later. There's ghosts haunting these woods and they're headed straight for Roaring Camp Railroads. Is it a trick? No, it's Thomas and Percy's Halloween party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Top and Pat, it's certainly going to be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th. There's ghosts haunting these woods, and they're headed straight for Roaring Camp Railroads. Is it a trick? No, it's Thomas and Percy's Halloween party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Top and Pat, it's certainly going to be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th.